Hello? You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo, I bet that would scare the heck out of you. <laughs> but seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars hauling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra $600, you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. All right, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. I am your humble host, the aforementioned named Rick Tittle, and uh, I'd like to hear from you if you'd like to talk about sports. If you want to discuss your searing abdominal cramp, I probably don't want to talk to you. I say probably because maybe it's fascinating, but I rather doubt it. So let's get in together and let's do this. That's right, do this. At 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. This show is pretty wide open. Uh, Just three guests scheduled. Had just one yesterday. It's a little light after Easter. By the way, the A's have three guys named Christian on their team. After Easter, and then they have three guys named Christian. Is there something going on there? That's right, the A's are the most anti-Semitic team. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're here for you. We got sailing at 940, as we always do on Tuesdays with salesporttalk.com. We have a Belgian director, Harpo Guit, for his new film, Mother Schmuckers. And I'll have to ask him if he's Flemish or Wallonian. And then uh, we will talk to Noah Parker about the NBA in hour number three. But other than that, it's uh, what you want to talk What you want to talk about at 1-800-878-PLAY. We're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. Uh, we also are on CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, and your cable provider. Uh, we got NBA playoffs to talk about. Oh, by the way, Twitch.tv, there I am looking so fine. Bo- Rick, how do you do it? Girl, you fine. I mean, boy, man, guy. Uh, also, uh, CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, and your cable providers. That's coast-to-coast as well. 35 million homes. Sportsbyline.com. Click Listen Live to hear the shows. Any emails, rick at sportsbyline.com. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle is the Facebook page. Come on back, y'all. 
Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. And right now at Wendy's, they're only a buck each. Wendy's breakfast biscuits, just a dollar. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet your buck on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. Offer only applies to bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuits. Limit five qualifying items per transaction and per person per day. Not valid in a combo. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800 391 8713 The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. Have you ever wished the student-athlete in your family could play baseball against teams in the Caribbean? Well, now they can set sail and do just that with Team Avenue Baseball on one of its iconic Caribbean cruise camps. That's right. If they love baseball and want an experience they'll never forget, then you need to visit TeamAvenueBaseball.com right now. Founded by former pro ball players, TeamAvenueBaseball.com will lead to the baseball adventure of a lifetime. So check out TeamAvenueBaseball.com. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. Alright, thank you for that and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast. And around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Big shout out to our brave men and women who put on that uniform. And uh, a lot of them put themselves in harm's way to keep us safe. And uh, that's something that we can't thank you enough about. So stay safe and we hope you see you at home very, 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 very soon, darlings. Uh, You know, a lot of times I've noticed 
I noticed these things. Uh, in the NBA, they have these shirts that they sort of throw at people, and they sort of say, that's your catchphrase for the season. And when the Warriors were the eighth seed, they had, we believe, which is as old as the hills. And I think every team has a we believe team. But the one that really killed me was that when the Warriors were coming up in 2015, going to the final, you know, these teams had their little catchphrases. And for the Warriors, they threw out them strength in numbers, which was such an idiotic thing. They didn't really have numbers. <clears throat> you know, and I mean, was it Barbosa and Livingston off the bench? Was that it? But then it became like strength in numbers. That's what we're all about. That's what we are. We're strength in numbers. No, you're not. You're strength in your starters. So this time around, <laughs> I like the fact, like, you know, Cleveland had Believe Land, which was so lame, but at least they were trying to sound like Cleveland. So no one calls it Cleveland, it's Cleveland. That's why we don't call him Spider-Man, because that's not his last name. He's the Spider-Man. Hey, how you doing, Larry Spider-Man? Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm a uh, paper merchant. <clears throat> but the Warriors have these shirts they wear when they're on the sideline that say gold-blooded. And for the first time ever, I would like to nod at the NBA for actually thinking about the name of the team and making it kind of cool instead of cold-blooded, gold-blooded because they're golden state. Rick, you didn't have to explain it to us. I think some people needed it because I think the whole world and half the Warriors think that their logo is the Golden Gate Bridge when it's the Bay Bridge. <clears throat> in fact, they had that logo before that Bay Bridge even opened. The Bay Bridge opened in 2013. For those of you outside of the Bay Area, or with a short memoir, <laughs> the the earthquake happened here in 89, the Loma Prieta one, the World Series Game 3 one. And then the, the Bay Bridge uh, opened the cantilever side, which was closed. That's the one that snapped a little bit, yeah, to say the least. The suspension bridge is actually two suspension bridges put together with a cement island in the middle, more or less an island. It's a tower cement tower and then uh it took 2013 so that would be what 24 years we need a new bridge all right well let's just weld the other one together and then i remember schwarzenegger was taken you know which design would win 2013 and it opened ahead of schedule and so for almost a decade you would drive by and you'd see them building the bridge off to the left <laughs> if you're headed back to the East Bay anyway. But I digress. The fact of the matter is, regardless of catchphrases on T-shirts, that the Warriors now hold a commanding lead over the Nuggets 2-0 as they will head back to the Mile High Club. Rick, it's Mile High City. 126-106 last night. And Denver came out strong. Nikola Jokic and, and I want to call him a one-man team with uh, Murray and Turner out, but Will Barton started to play a little bit. But then a switch flip, just like it did 
in game one, and then the Warriors couldn't miss a shot the rest of the night. You got 34 off the bench from Steph Curry. You got another 29 from Jordan Poole. And, oh, yeah, a guy named Clay Thompson, one of the greatest shooters in history, he had 21. And with those three cooking the way that they were, the the Nuggets never had a chance, especially as they're shorthanded. So they will, uh, the Warriors now two victories away from going to the Western Conference semifinals. But the thing is, I mentioned Jokic can't do it by himself. At one point, the Nuggets actually worked up a 12 point lead. And it looked like that they had made adjustments and they were going to bring it down the line. But this, this is the thing about a, an NBA game. It's not really till midway through the third quarter that I think an NBA game kind of fleshes out. Because it will fool you, it will dazzle you, it will keep you betwixt and between all sorts of different stories. And then midway through the third quarter you go, okay, I think this is what we're looking at here. And so then the Warriors started raining down three-pointers, and by the time it was halftime, the Warriors were up six, and they never relinquished the lead. Because you showed they showed Jamal Murray in street clothes, and you think how much better it would be. You see Aaron Gordon, <clears throat> former slam dunk champion out of San Jose, who people tell me in person is a real jerk, but I've never met him, so I'll reserve... Uh, my own, uh, but when people told me that, then I look at his face and I think, ah, oh, that guy's a jerk. I think, Rick, you haven't even met him yet. But the Warriors were shooting 45% from three. And you think, okay, well, let's say Murray was healthy. What does that give the Nuggets? Well, it gives them another scoring option, obviously. You throw in Michael Porter, who looked like he was going to have an amazing year before he got hurt. Maybe things would be different. Probably not, but Jokic has to do everything. He has to score, he has to rebound, pass. Sometimes he brings the ball up. He got so frustrated last night that he actually got thrown out getting a second tee, arguing a call with the refs. So if Denver wants a chance in this series, or at least to avoid a sweep, they have to help him out. You got seven points from Aaron Gordon. You got 12 from Barton. You got 12 from Monty Morris. That's just not enough. But I mentioned Jordan Poole. It's another pool party as they used to say in Ann Arbor. First two games of the series, 59 points. That's second most points scored in his first two career playoff games in the history of the team, which is ahead of Steph Curry and right behind Wilt. That's pretty good company. Uh, I'm in between Wilt Chamberlain and Steph Curry. But Curry is still working his way back to a full workload, and Poole's been starting quote-unquote, as the uh, the point guard. But it's just silly what he's uh, what he's doing right now. And it's not like he's just jacking up a bunch of shots to get stats in. Last night he shot 62.5% from the field and 50% from deep. He's not really forcing anything. He's getting other teammates involved. He had eight assists. They couldn't ask for more, and they're going to keep him there. So Steph Curry now, is he the greatest sixth man ever? Well, <laughs> yes, so to speak, if you want to uh, if you want to put it in that. And uh, Poole is, of course, uh, he's going to go back to the bench when Steph is ready to start, but that doesn't mean his minutes are going to drop. Steph still put in 34 minutes and made five threes himself. He also was 50%, five for 10. So if you are the Nuggets, you probably got to think this thing is done. But 
it's sports, and I will not count any chickens before they throw themselves under the bus. Rickets until they ha- until they hatch. That's what I meant. Uh, so one eight hundred eight seven eight play. If you'd like to get in and get heard, one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Pilot. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 754 That's 800-754-4531. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Are you 60 plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60 plus, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118-800-493-6118-800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? Right, right under a trophy. 
I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. I think you should get in and get heard, girl. That's what I think. All right. <laughs> 1-800-878-PLAY. Um, last night, I went to the uh, Oakland A's home opener, and I got some stuff to say. That's right. What, what what do you what do you what do you have to say, Rick? Well, first of all, the the Oakland A's, uh, you know, if for those of you who didn't know, they burnt their team to the ground once again, and I mean like big time this time around. They told their fans we're on a parallel path with Vegas. They talk about how bad Oakland is, and it is when it comes to the all horrifying politicians and everyone else. There's no doubt that it's horrifying with those politicians. But still, <clears throat> they talk about uh, how they have to, uh, you know, uh, do a little bit um, uh, more with less, and then they do less with more. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means even though they're in the fifth market, they pretend that they're not, and then they say, because we are stuck here in Oakland, a small market, and we don't have any money, billionaire ownership that we just can't keep anybody and then they jacked up the prices <clears throat> so i was wondering how many fans would come out and it was about eighteen thousand. and um it was a great atmosphere but still the a's i mean i they told me my season credential you know you go over it, it's funny i'm watching the warriors game on my phone i think geez when this warrior game gets out traffic's going to be horrible and i thought oh wait they're not next door there's a weird feeling. I go, they're across the bay <laughs> right now. But anyway, <clears throat> I go into the old uh, Coliseum Arena, and they're printing up passes for the media. But my friend, the o friends, the Oakland 68s, they're sending about 25 people onto the field. They got to step one foot onto the field and go, let's go Oakland for two seconds. But they had to make plastic uh, field passes day of for each person and they have this printer that's not working and so finally <clears throat> and I got there early after about and it's free parking thank you A's for me because I'm so important so big but after about <clears throat> uh, 20 minutes the young girl there she's trying and she's like I can't and so they're able to print one up with my face with a big streak through it it said Rick Tittle Sports Byline All Access and nothing else. Didn't say athletics. Didn't say 2022. She goes, can you just use this today? <laughs> and I'm like, that's fine. So <clears throat> I go in and and it was, it was poignant for me. <clears throat> and I don't usually talk about my personal life. But I lost my dad in December. And he was the greatest guy in the world to me. And it was the first time I had been back there since he passed. And, you know, he... I grew up in that place because of my dad and just all the moments Raider season tickets twice before they moved. And then again, before they moved and all the countless A's games. And, and so I love that place. I know it's a dump and everybody hates it and we can't win here and we don't have any money and every other stadium is newer and better and greater and everything. But 
I still love that place. And I've seen them go to four World Series in that building and win three. I've seen it. So to say you can't win there is just self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just like somebody who says, you know, I can't get into shape or I can't get a good job or I can't get a good girl. You know, just, well, keep telling yourself that and you never will. As I said, just live out what you're throwing out there. Now, if you're five foot two or you're me and you say, I'll never play in the NBA, that's just a factual statement. That's a lot different. You know, if someone said, Rick, follow your dream and play in the NBA, I'm like, "Uh, no, not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> but the and so I went through the Treehouse and the West Side Club <clears throat> and the West Side Club the line for drinks was about I don't know 40 deep it's an impossible place to get drinks two bartenders I think about when I went to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium now they have what they call their a drink culture they also have drink driving instead of drunk driving they have a drink culture for 100 yards, there was a tap like every three feet. So they had, I don't know, maybe about 80 bartenders. That's because they know there's going to be a rush. At Oakland, they still didn't care. They they didn't open all the concessions on the second deck, only on the first deck. So the lines were, this is only with 17,000 people, 18,000 people. The lines were horrendous just to get some of the uncooked food which is what I got a dog and it was uncooked because I went to the press box and they started this with COVID you know you no longer help yourself to a hot dog and popcorn you um, get a box of food and the press box was very sparsely populated maybe a third full and they go yeah we're all out of food you're all out I go okay well it's free so I can't complain um Ran into Ken Korak, which was great. Hello, Rick Tittle. How are you? Great guy. He said, good to see you. I said, good to see you, too. He's looking good. Looks like Ken's dropped some weight. And um, also, uh, I started talking to John Shea, and he goes, have you seen the clubhouse? And I'm like, no. He goes, it's huge. I go, what do they do? He goes, they took over the Raiders. I went, oh, you're kidding. If you've never been in the Ace Clubhouse, it's a closet. The Raiders is massive because it was for 55 guys. So I didn't go down there. But it's interesting to see now the A's actually have an enormous clubhouse like everybody else. I I would venture to say they have the biggest clubhouse in Major League Baseball now if they took over the Raiders locker. Why wouldn't they? The Raiders bailed. Um but anyway, it was a um, it was cool to see the A's win, even though uh, the Orioles are have even more no names uh, than the A's. All right, let's go to somebody who I bumped into last night, Chris in Oakland. How you doing, man? Man, I I, I didn't want to call and 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 bit. You know what about the Coliseum last night? As a you know a guy like you know you, you got you got a couple years on me, even though you look a lot younger. And um, but again, as an Oakland guy, I've been there probably. I don't know, three thousand times, fifty, sixty. I didn't know your father passed, man. My 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 condolences, man. It's um, thanks. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that, man. That's uh, I know you always talk about him, and you know, I lost my father as a veteran as well, and um, yeah, it's you know, every time I, I was there, you know, I've been to most opening nights, and I'm fifty years old, most opening nights all my life, and my dad took me to most of them. So, um, you know, as a former, uh, you know, I'm not a bartender anymore, but I, as a bartender. I agree 100 percent, man. It was only eighteen thousand or seventeen thousand, whatever it was, and it just it just was a real bad look for the Coliseum. They were real unorganized. 
and I don't want to just sit here and bag on the Coliseum, but it's just, man, dude, I mean, like, just like you said, man, I wanted to buy a beer last night, but the lines were so long, you know, we, we couldn't get to it, and, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm going tonight, there'll probably be 2,000 people tonight, so there'll be no problem getting, getting something to drink, but, um, I just, I don't know, they just weren't prepared, either, I, I guess they thought maybe there wasn't going to be a big crowd last night, um, but they just didn't have it organized properly, and just, um, ah, it was very frustrating to kind of say it. But on the flip side, hey, man, we've got to win. People were watching the Warrior game. People were high-fiving. You know, it was good to be back. A lot of the hardcore folks were there. I didn't get out to the bleachers last night. I'll get out there tonight. But, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, just, ah, could have been a great night, but it just was a good night. So that's kind of my two cents. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the building is fine. It's just staffing, and they – decided not to to staff it and you saw where i was to get a beer uh i went there's a, a sausage cart in the back and there were only like six people in line and so me and my obese friend were like let's go here <laughs> and then well, i just you know I, i've become such a beer snob i could there's a couple of ones where like they were selling bud light and stuff and i just yeah, i can't drink that stuff yeah there. well they were, I'm, they, not I, I'm not a big 805 fan but i a big can of 805 i'm like all right i can do that well, I you know you know you know uh, shout out to Firestone Walker down there in Paso Robles and you know Paso Robles is great for wine some of the best wineries I think in California are in Paso Robles but yeah 805 is not a big but that's their selling and you know and just again God bless all the workers there you know I I, you know, I was over at uh, stood in line for a while at the at the premier beer place over at the Westside Club and Corinne and you know uh, Essie and all them are working really hard out there it's just. But God, it was just, you know, and as a bartender, I loved it, right? I loved being the only guy because I get all the tips. But for a customer service, you know, hey man, you gotta you gotta staff it better. And you know, I guess they thought they did. There probably were a lot of walk-ups yesterday, so they didn't get, you know, they didn't staff accordingly. And again, tonight, you know, they've already said the with the Westside Club they're not opening the, the you know the, the beer place, and it's gonna be again two thousand people out there. But I'm going out there I'm taking my little six-year-old and. He doesn't need any beer, so uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be okay. But good win for the A's. Hey, six and five, all of us would take it. Um, and then, hey, how about the Warriors, man? I mean, you know, Gary Payton Jr. is slapping what's his face on the butt and just uh, you know getting him riled up. So it looked real good uh, across the bay. I hate, I hate to say it, but it looked good. Now we'll see how it goes. To uh, you know, they say what does series doesn't start till somebody you know wins on their uh, the you know a road team win. So we'll see if we can. I think we can wrap this up in five actually with the with the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say five. They maybe get one, but I. But the, the way that team is going, they're so uh, friggin' uh, understaffed. Maybe we can get a sweep, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, Chris, I mean, thanks. Just, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, thanks, I got to run to a break, buddy. Thanks for the call, man. That's uh, Chris out there, and um, got to see the lovely and talented Kara Suboy as well. I gave her a hug, and she's looking just as lovely and talented as she always does. She's someone that doesn't age. All right, I'll come back with Karen on the other side. This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk, and I've been having a continuing conversation with Sir Robin Knox Johnson. He is in Portsmouth, Hampshire, England, and of course I am here in the San Francisco Bay Area in California, the United States, and we have been discussing the time at sea and also gardening. You were actively involved in sailing and ocean voyaging 
Yeah, you know, I went to sea when I was 17 and a half in the Merchant Marine, and um, we had the most fantastic training. I mean, bear in mind, in those days, Britain had 18% of all merchant ships, and we had a really good system set up for it. And I stayed at sea for the next 12 years, and then the trip around the world came up, and I did that. But after I'd done it, um, the whole system was changing, and I didn't like the way it was going. So I left the sea, and uh, I built a marina on the Hamble uh, with a bunch of friends, and, uh, you know, I got into yachting, if you like. But, you know, it was... It was, you had, it was time to change. Things were changing. The British Merchant Marine was collapsing, and it wasn't a good time to be there because you're going to be made redundant. So I probably picked the right time to get out. But after that, you know, I, I, I raced. Um, I was in business, obviously, and I went to Oxford Business School. I still liked my racing, so I kept on racing. I won the Round Britain race twice. I was in the British Admiral's Cup team. The Whitbread race, I beat the uh, Frenchman Tarbley in both legs I skippered. And then I went on to do other things like winning the multi-held world championship. You know, I was just racing because I loved racing. And my poor wife used to put up with it. But <laughs> occasionally she got me home and she'd say, the garden needs sorting out. And you say reluctantly, okay, I better do this. Do you like gardening? Actually, I love gardening. Um, there's nothing better to me than watching spring when everything's starting to grow and what you've planted is coming up and looking at it. I, I love gardening. I, I live in Portsmouth. Um, we're fairly crammed in here. It's a city, 200,000 people, and I've only got a yard, really, with about three square metres of garden. But I've got plants in there which I love and I nurture. And what I'd really like is a lot more space to grow a lot more plants. Thank you, Sir Robin, for that lovely chat. This past weekend, I took a tour of the San Francisco Bay in my sailboat Sandpiper and spotted three signal flags, C, G over 1, on the port side of the San Francisco Yacht Club's mast. Those familiar with maritime history know that this configuration states, I will stand by to assist you. The San Francisco Maritime Association hopes that yacht clubs around the world might also fly these flags. I will stand by to assist you. That is a great message. This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk. All right, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. That, of course, uh, music means uh, one thing. It means to check in at uh, 9.40 a.m. out here on the West Coast with Karen Lyle from salesporttalk.com. How are you, Karen? I'm doing great, Rick. You know, we're on our 160th show today. Amazing. And we have a guest today. Could you introduce our guest, please? Um, yes, so this is Don Riley, and this is her third time with us um, on on Salesport Talk. And and we first talked to Don when she was involved in the um, Clipper Around the World race, which is one of the reasons I put Sir Robin Knox Johnson uh, up in there in in the three minutes before that many of you can hear. Um, so Don, it's such a great opportunity to have you come back and tell us what you're doing. Uh, how are you doing? Where where are you calling from today? Um, I'm at my desk in Oyster Bay, New York, and chaos is happening all around, which is a typical day at Oak Cliff. 
And so I, I understand that you might be uh, participating in a race coming up. Can you tell us what, what your plans are? A race? Um, so there's... So oh, yes. Sam- I mean, the, the, one, the, one, the ones that you have on the book. Um, there's lots of them. So, like, the one I think you're talking about is the Bermuda race. So we have 100-plus boats here, uh, and of those, we have four FAR 40s, and a Per 50, a Judel Rolex 66, which is not doing the Bermuda, and an OC 86, uh, which is doing. So we're going to have uh, a lot of people going to Bermuda, and I will be on OC 86, which is the old Wind Quest that was donated to us from the DeVos family, and that will be uh, a mix with a sponsor. And we are also, um, that's a boat that we set the record for the Baby Mackinac last year. You know, I think about the America's Cup, which was an all-males club up until the 1990s, and you qualified. Is it the kind of thing where you just want to sail, you just want to race, but people are going to say, oh, you're a trailblazer, you're a role model. Is that something to which you aspire to, or you just kind of found yourself in that situation? I just freaking wanted to go sailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you get those... Uh, those spots, and I'm not going to say opportunities because that means somebody gave you something, mm-hmm. which everybody gives everybody else something. I mean, that's just that's the way it is. But I was able to, you know, earn those positions. And then, of course, I turned it around and tried to bring other people up because it is not fair. Obviously, discrimination is not fair. And you have to not only help somebody who hasn't been allowed the opportunity, but somebody who's been beaten down or doesn't believe it's possible or has never seen anybody looking like them in those those top positions, you have to do more. You have to ask two, three, four times to get them to even believe that it's an option. And then you start to train. Don, you have a, a mixed roles in your life. You, ha- you are out there sailing and actively doing it, but you also teach and instruct and, and have some um, influence on the coming generations of sailors. What have you been doing in that territory? Well, right now, I mentioned I'm at Oak Cliff, and to give you an idea, we have a program. Because it's Oak Cliff, like an oak tree on a cliff, we came up with our training programs because they're like nothing else. We named them acorns and saplings. Uh, and uh, we have winter saplings who are on site. They're currently working with Dobbs Davis and Measure to do a full ORCI measurement of a class 40 and two FAR 40s. So they're weighing rigs, they're doing safety gear, they're training. And in the winter, our saplings do a lot more of this type of thing. It helps you if you're doing bow on a boat to know how the mass is put together. So they're putting together the mass, they're measuring, they're going and learning how to do all the maintenance on that. Then in the summer, we have the programs that do some of the apprenticeship, but really focus on the sailing. So those are the people that will be doing the race to uh, Bermuda. Mm -hmm. One of the teams we have is a group of mostly girls, or all girls mostly from the same high school up in Newport. And then we have Libby Greenlaw from England and uh, a girl from South Africa as a boat captain, a young, young woman from South Africa. So that's an all-women's team. I think the average age is 19. So they'll be the youngest team to do the Bermuda race ever as well. Wow, Don, and I think about all the times you sailed around the world in four different competitions. Is there a certain point that you have great dread, like maybe going around the Cape or maybe a certain squall? Or is it to you just everything is, I don't want to say old hat, but you kind of think, ah, I got this. 
Um, so just to clarify, I went around the world twice. I did four America's Cups. I like the America's Cup better. But when you're out there and it's going to, you know, the, the wind's coming in and the storms are coming in, it's adrenaline. It's fun. Uh, I think what you dread, honestly, is coming to shore because the sailing stops. But then on some level, you dread going back into the race because the party stops. So <laughs> it's a, once you get into it, you love both of them. Don, we were interviewing Sean O'Halloran, who was in your, your mm-hmm. program, um, when he was in New Zealand just for the America's Cup. And he credited some of the, the, the background that he got from the training he received in, in, um, in Oak Cliff's professional development program. Uh, you remember, Sean? Of course, Sean. I just went to his and Nora's wedding about a month and a half ago. So he's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and I think well, I think great. he will. I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not making any uh, announcements, but I'm pretty sure that they will have him back for this next cup. He's a great person on shore mechanics. His work ethic is incredible, and I'd like to take 100 percent of the credit for Oak Cliff, but he came to us pretty determined. Talking with Don Riley, a pioneer in the sailing game. Could you regale us uh, with a tale or two about a moment of great peril, or have you been pretty much unscathed? Well, the great peril, you um, you generally tr- believe that you're safe, uh, but that's because you are looking, you're prepared, you're trying to get out there, You've done everything you can, and so when it happens, you believe you're prepared. The only time you're actually afraid is after, when you realize how close you could have come to disaster. But knock on wood, while we've had some knockdowns and we've had some, you know, uh, damage and rudders breaking, that's just part of the competition and part of the sport. It doesn't feel like peril at that point. What, well, just to follow up, what was the worst one? Was it the rudder? What was the one where you kind of thought, oh, we're really screwed here? Um, the rudder coming around Cape Horn was, or ap- so we lost the rudder before Cape Horn. We came around, um, and then we were in a straight. So there was 16 knots of wind against four knots of current, which meant the waves were breaking. You know, when in San Francisco, everybody in there knows what it looks like under the gate when it's an ebb t- uh, flood tide wind. No, ebb yeah. tide. Whichever way. I haven't been there in a while. Um, so that, that was that was pretty crazy. And we only had half a rudder, so we were not completely in control in those conditions. Don, how do you handle it? Um, you 